Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. No guest lineup for you today. We want to hear from you. 315-437-7644. We want to talk Q's basketball, at least for this entire first hour, as Syracuse improves to 7-1 and on the young season with a 72-63 win over UConn at Madison Square Garden. And I tell you what, Seth, the more I watch this team play, the more I like them. You look at last night. Ty's battle was fantastic for the first part of the game. He did not score the final 13 minutes of this contest. Frank and he Howard, didn't really score much at the beginning either. Frank Howard had nine turnovers, missed nine shots, by far his worst game of the year. So you look at that quote-unquote big three, right? Howard non-existent from the offensive end last night, and and I, I think that was just a bad game, and I... I know last year he struggled at times, and, and one bad game would turn into two bad games and three bad games. I don't think that's going to happen this year. He is a different player. Everybody's allowed to have an off night. But the fact of the matter is, one of your big three had an off night. The other one, your leader, did not score in the final 13 minutes of this game. And you beat a team that is supposed to be right around your level. I mean, maybe you're a notch ahead. I mean, Syracuse was only a 5-6 point favorite going into this game. Neutral site game. Young team trying to bounce back from, from that first loss of the year to Kansas. Matthew Moyer steps up. O'Shea Brissett steps up. Everybody kind of does their job. Merrick Dolajai comes in and, and plays the middle of that zone with with Barama out with injury uh, during that second half. And, and Pascal Chuku in foul trouble. And Dolajai comes up with a couple of big plays. Everybody just kind of did their part. And as I said, the more I watch this team the more I like them, the more yeah. it looks like a team that can very well go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, th- this is a very easy team to get behind. It's a very easy team to to enjoy watching. Uh, you know, Merrick Dolzhai and Matthew Moyer crashing the boards, and, and the way O'Shea Brissett rebounds, uh, you know, and, and the dirty work that is done by this team, it, it is very easy to start liking and watching and enjoying this team. Uh, you know, and, and I think we saw that again last night, you know, Frank Howard had an awful game, right? Frank Howard was dreadful in, in this game. Uh, it, it was his worst game of the season, easily. And Matthew Moore comes in and picks up the slack. You know, where'd that come from? I don't know. I certainly didn't see that coming. Uh, but he came in, he picked up the slack, and he played a fantastic game last night. You know, Tyus Battle did what Tyus Battle does, right? He just gets that quiet 20 points, and every time you, every night at the end of the game, you look up, and oh, Tyus Battle's got another 22 points. Oh, okay. You know, O'Shea Brissett went and, and kind of did what we're used to him doing by now, which is like 15 and 10. And he just went and did it, you know, and, and he just did his thing. And, and I think that that's a, a big thing for this team. I don't know that they played that much better than they did on Saturday, but we talked about this on Monday, right? If they play the way they did on Saturday, it's good enough for about a double-digit win on, on Tuesday night. And that's exactly what happened, right? They, they played a... Not saying it's the exact same game, but it felt like they played a very similar no, game to point. what they played on Saturday. It's a and fair ex- point. Instead of being a top five Final Four contender in Kansas, it was a 
middle to lower end AAC team in in Connecticut, and you got a double digit win or a nine point win. I think we got kind of what we expected last night. I had predicted an eight point win. It it went nine, and and I said all along, and and I, I don't think this is. You know anything that's that's earth shattering, but the blueprint for success for this team is going to be the same all season long. It's going to be play good defense, rebound the basketball, and do just enough on offense. And we saw that last night. We saw Syracuse win the rebounding battle by eleven, thirty seven twenty six. We saw them hold Connecticut to sixty three points. And if you hold any team in the sixties, the game is going to be close. And then can you do just enough on offense? And you had your big three there last night, minus Frank Howard. Again, Howard did not play well, but you had a big three in that Matthew Moyer stepped up and had the game of his college career so far. And I realize he's, you know, just eight games into his college career, but eighteen points. And you brought up the stat before this this show started, Seth. He had 17 total points on the season going into last night's game, and then he goes off for 18. Yeah. And defenses are going to pay so much attention to Frank Howard and Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett that if you can get anything else from anyone else on this roster, it makes you that much more dangerous. And I'm not saying Matthew Moore is going to do this night in and night out, but if he has the potential... Let's see what happens to his confidence from here. Let's see if against Colgate he becomes a little more aggressive and he's a you know he's a little more involved in the offense than he's been and a little more involved on the backboards than he's been. Finished with eight rebounds last night in addition to those eighteen points. He played thirty six minutes. This from a guy who. Again, he'd play the first three, four minutes of the game. He'd come out, Merrick Dolezal would go in, and he would play sparingly the rest of the way. Let's see if those 36 minutes and those 18 points and those eight rebounds help his confidence and if he's a different player against Colgate on Saturday. Yeah, I, mean, I think he might be. You know, we talked about this on the postgame show. We talked about Matthew Moyer and, and the ability to get points if you're just in the right spot. Right, and, and he was consistently, time after time, he was in the right spot. He was in the right place. Uh, you know, and and there's a there's an opening for that in this offense, given what uh, this you know team is right now. Given that it is guard heavy or drive heavy, you know, there's an opportunity for somebody to just be on the baseline and get left alone and get six easy points because they're just going to get dump off passes for dunks. Uh, you know, and and that's really what Matthew Moyer took advantage of last night. Yeah, sure, he had the two tip dunks, uh, and that's what people are going to focus on. He hit a three, uh, which I. I who knew he could shoot a three? Uh, I don't know if he knew he could shoot a three, but it, it went in. Uh, but the majority of his offense is going to come when he's alone on the uh, on the block, right? And Tyus Battle drives, or Frank Howard drives, or O'Shea Brissett drives to the basket, and his man leaves him. And all of a sudden, he's sitting there all alone, the basket's dumped off to him, and he can finish. And and there's going to be points, whether it's him, whether it's Pascal Chukwu, whether it's Barama Sidibe, whether it's Marek Dolzhai, it doesn't matter. Those points are going to be available for somebody to get. So if you're given the energy and you're you're in the right place at the right time, there are points for you in this offense. How about this, Seth? Syracuse missed 29 shots last night. They got 14 offensive rebounds. Incredibly impressive. So essentially, it's a, a 50-50 ball when when they miss a shot on their end. UConn, by contrast, missed 27 shots. Syracuse had 23 defensive rebounds. I mean, that is yep. impressive. And that led to Syracuse with 17 second-chance points. UConn had four. That was the difference in the game. I mean, we can point to a lot of things. I mean, Matthew Moyer being a difference no, in this it. game and defense. and 
the rebounding and the second chance points, in my opinion anyway, that rises to the top of the list. of What did this game come down to? Syracuse won the battle on the glass, got 17 second chance points to just four for UConn. They win this game by nine. That was the difference, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that, that is absolutely the difference in this game. They rebounded the ball, and, and we've seen this time and time again where this team can rebound, right? We've seen that now in eight games. It's not a fluke, right? This is this is a thing. They can rebound the ball even against a Connecticut team, even against a Kansas team, even against a Maryland team that are a little bit bigger than those mid-majors that they had played earlier in the season. And and I think that we've seen that and we can now know that, right? Moving forward, we're not we, we shouldn't be asking the question of Okay, well, do, do can they rebound against X? Like, it looks like they can. Uh, you know, and, and that's going to be a big key. If you can limit second-chance points, that, that's huge. If you can get an extra second-chance point, an extra second-chance bucket here and there, that's all, That's helpful. I'm surprised by the rebounding. I think you're surprised by the rebounding. Yeah. Jim Beheim is surprised by the rebounding. Here's the Hall of Fame coach after the game. Well, you know, we have to get better, obviously. There's a lot of areas that we have to get better in. I think the one thing that's impressed me with this team so far is our rebounding. We've, we have not rebounded at this level since Derek Coleman, probably. That, that was a long time ago. Most people don't even know who he is. And O'Shea Brissett's the one leading the way, and I don't think anybody expected that. Um, you know, you would expect, well, it's, it's going to be Pascal Chuku, or, we, you know, we thought going into the year, right. Matthew Moyer can get on the glass. I did not expect O'Shea Brissett to be a double-double machine, especially this early. Maybe he would develop into that, but the kid's got a knack for getting on the glass and just and, and getting misses, whether it's on the offensive end or the defensive end. I mean, he finished with 10 last night, 8 on the defensive end, 2 on the offensive end. Um, he's a beast on the glass, yeah. and, and I, I was not expecting that going into the season. No, I, I mean, we talked about Matthew, We talked about O'Shea Brissett coming into the year. What were we talking about? Oh, maybe he can be that second scoring option, right? And, and you know, we saw early he, he struggled, you know, in, the, in those first couple of games, and, and it could just be being a freshman and having to get used to playing at this level. Uh, he's come on with his scoring, but the thing that has been there from day one has been the rebounding, has been the effort, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball as well. And, and I, I don't think that that's something even the coaches expected to see so early out of him. 315-437-7644. Again, we are wide open today. No guests. We want to hear from you. Let's go to the phone line. Stephen Camilla is kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Steve. Good afternoon, boys. How are you? Good. How about yourself? All right. Uh, Steve, I want, specifically with regard to Syracuse's offense, it's been like this for a while where a center comes out in a high screen roll situation with, you know, in this case, Howard, Battle, whoever it is. Sure. It would seem to me putting Brissett in that high screen roll situation with his ability to get to the basket, say, on a roll, or his ability to shoot on a pick and pop makes more sense than Chuku out there. I sort of wanted to get your take on that. Uh, God bless Chuku, but he's not an athlete. He's not the greatest athlete. can't really jump. Why don't we have Brissett jump in center? Because it's not even close on the uh, – Opening jump ball there. Minor point, but just thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, Thank it's, you. It, yeah, I appreciate you checking in, Steve. It's interesting he brings that up because yes. I've noticed that the last couple of games as well that, you know, we joked before the season started, well, they should never lose the opening tip. 
They have almost they every have time. Continued to lose the yes. opening tip, at least the, the last week. Maryland and and Kansas and and UConn. Uh, in regards to his point about the the pick and roll slash pick and pop, Steve is absolutely right in that Pascal Chuku is not going to knock down a fifteen footer. No. And we saw O'Shea Brissett last night. We've seen it the last few games. He can make that shot. He he made that shot last night. Um, so again, that's that's something that the next time we talk to Adrian Autry, or the next time we sit down with Jerry McNamara, maybe we can we can right. get a full answer on that. Maybe it's something they're considering. My guess is that Pascal Chuku is going to set a more solid screen than O'Shea Brissett, given how big he is. Here. But that's something that that maybe they will consider moving forward because O'Shea can knock down that outside shot, and he can also get to the basket. I think that's a great observation by he, Steve. Yeah, here's here's my thoughts on on that. Just just really quickly, and, and you know, just since that call was made. But uh, that's kind of a newer basketball development, right? Having like a three or a two set the screen for your for your point guard, your ball handler. And like that's kind of like a more new kind of theory in basketball. So this is kind of the way that they've been doing it forever is the big man sets, sets the screen. Uh, so I guess maybe that's one reason it's been slow to change. But also this, you know, this team doesn't have much outside shooting. And I'm not saying O'Shea Brissett's a ve- a great three-point shooter at this point. He went 0 for 3 last night. He didn't shoot the ball well very well uh, from 3 on, on uh, Saturday night. But he's one of the better three-point shooters this team's got, right? And and the and the coaching staff, I think, expects him to grow into being a better three-point shooter. So you might want him on the wing when you have the pick and roll in the middle, so the defense lags off out, him. Sure. You can kick off, you can kick out, and then he can either shoot or drive from there. So I, that's I would just imagine that's why you don't have him or or Tyus Battle setting that screen because they can both do you know hit a kick out three or drive. Um, but I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing him set the screen. Yeah, I don't think you want battle. I don't think you want a guard setting the screen there. But you know, maybe it is an option if you need a basket, and maybe you don't do it every time. To your right. point, and it's a good one. You, you want to have shooters on the on the perimeter. Maybe battles on one side, Brissett's on the other. Howard works the pick and roll with Chuku. If nothing, right. you know, if he drives and nothing's there, he can kick out to one of those guys. And realistically, what else are you doing with Chuku if he's not setting the screen? Uh, you know, as far as a guard setting. the screen, the the screen again. It, it's a relatively newer thing, even at the NBA level with, with uh, Golden State, right? Where where you're seeing Clay Thompson or, or Kevin Durant set the screen on the guy. You know that's that's not something that has gotten to every single reach of the NBA yet. Like I, I don't know that it's a, a, a thought, an idea, maybe that's trickled down to college. Uh, you know, just in general. Well, it's something we can talk with Coach Autry about or or Jerry McNamara next time we, we sit down with them. But, I mean, it's a good point. Chuku's not making a 15-footer, um, but I, I think that you you raised the, the point as well that you want your shooters around the perimeter and, and O'Shea Brissett and, and Ty's Battle are, are your best shooters if the ball's in the, the hands of Frank Howard. Back to the phone lines we go. Scott and Liverpool up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you guys? Good. What do you got for us? Hey, a couple things, and I'll listen to you guys. Uh, one... Awesome rebounding. I know you guys have touched on it, but as, far as team rebounding is huge, which we haven't had in a long time. It's usually like one or two guys, but as a team, they rebound awesome. Second, Howard needs to let the game come to him and to the force things. A couple times there, he put up a shot, and I think he was trying to get himself going, and they weren't very good shots. And sometimes his court awareness, he's coming up the court, and he's got his back turned, and these guys are stripping him from behind. I saw that happen a couple times. And that was actually a crucial part of one game. I can't remember what it was against. I know Bayheim was going nuts. Um, but he sometimes forget you got a guy chasing you. And I don't know, he just loses that sense, I guess. Another thing is uh, Brissette, I think, has a little uh, 
he reminds me of Jabari Parker, um, in a sense. And I just wanted to see you guys thought. Well, I appreciate you checking in. A lot to get to there, uh, Scott. In re- let's start with, with Frank Howard. In, yes. in regards to Frank, he had a bad game, and there's, there is no doubt about it. And, yes, he made some... He made some bad turnovers last night. Let's face it. I mean, not just not just turnovers, but but turnovers that you would have seen out of him last year. And he admitted afterwards, and Coach Beheim alluded to it afterwards as well, that that he was pressing a little bit. He got off to a bad start. Frank Howard admitted they sped me up a little bit, and and things snowballed. And that was Frank Howard from last year. Now the difference is, if Frank Howard did that last year, he's out of the game and he's not allowed to work his way through it. The good news for Frank Howard this year, and I think for SU fans, is that he will be able to work his way through it. He didn't so much last night. He did not play well. But it's not like this is going to carry over to Colgate and to Georgetown. And there's no reason for it to carry over. He's going to play 38, 39, 40 minutes. He knows that. He had an off game, and I fully expect him to to bounce back. So Here's the only reason I hesitate to say it won't carry over. Uh, And look... you would think it shouldn't. There's no reason for it to. It's Colgate coming up next. You have a couple days off. You know, you're coming back home, a comfort factor, the whole deal. Uh, this is kind of where it all fell apart last year, right? This day, you know, th- this time of the year, this game on the schedule, UConn at the Garden. I don't buy it. Like, that's kind of where it started I don't buy coming it. apart. I, I don't buy it. He's a okay. different player this year. He is. A, he is. I he, think he, he is. He's a different player. And, yes, I know that. He struggled against good competition last year. We saw him play against Kansas, and Mar- and I know he was in foul trouble against Kansas. He played well in that second half. He was a big reason why they won the Maryland game. And I, I'm I'm not saying you're wrong, Seth. You're playing devil's advocate, and, and I get it, and you're just pointing out an observation from last year. I don't buy it at all, though. Frank Howard is a different player this year. This is Frank Howard's team. I said it before the season started. He is the key to the season. We know Tyus is going to be there. Frank Howard's the key to the season. I think he had a bad game, and I, you know, again, maybe it's He'll the old point it. guard yeah. in me. I can, I can relate. Sometimes things just don't go your way, and and the decisions you make are not the right ones. And he got a little sped up. They were aggressive with him. He didn't play well. I think he's going to be just fine. He, the the way that I see it with him when I watch him, he is a different player this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, he looks like it. He looks like it, but uh, you know, let's see Saturday. Let's see him bounce back. You know, from this game because you know he struggled Saturday with the foul trouble. Uh, you know he struggled last night with turnovers and just didn't play very well. Let's see him bounce back and have a good game Saturday. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Again, no guest lineup today. Phone lines are open. We want to hear from you on Cuse basketball. This team now seven and one on the season, getting set to take on Colgate on Saturday. A win on Saturday, Syracuse would guarantee itself at least as good of a non conference record as it had a year ago when they went eight and five. The season's off to a really good start. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Well, you know, Frank's played great all year. He just had a, he had a bad game. You know, he had a really bad game. I don't think it'll happen again. I think it's a good learning experience for him. He just didn't finish plays. It was a physical game. They knocked him off balance a little bit. And, uh, you know, he just made some he made some bad turnovers. And uh, I think we were fortunate to uh, be able to overcome that. And, and he thinks the same thing. So, you know, we'll get, he'll, get, he'll get back. He's been playing well all year. 
That was Jim Beheim last night following SU 72-63 win over UConn. Frank Howard's line uh, wasn't pretty last night. One for ten from the field. Nine turnovers. Did have five assists. Did have five rebounds in 39 minutes of action. Uh, I agree with Coach, though. I, I think that was... I don't want to say a one-time thing. I mean, you're allowed a, a few bad games uh, over the course of a, of a long season, especially if you're a point guard and the ball's in your hands that much. Um, but I, I think it's it's the exception and not the rule. And I know what we saw last year, and I know against better competition he struggled, and it got to the point where he ended up losing his starting job to John Gillen. That's obviously not going to happen this year. He is the point guard of this team. He's going to play 38, 39, 40 minutes regardless. Um, I, I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he had one of those nights where things snowballed a little bit. He pressed a little bit when he got off to a slow start, and he'll learn from it. Everybody else is still learning. We forget that he hasn't played a ton of basketball uh, in this program. Yes, he's a junior. Yes, he's he's the, the leader of this team uh, along with Tyus Battle, but he's still learning like everybody else. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and he certainly hasn't played a lot of point guard at right. his school. You know, he came hasn't in played as a, a lot of point guard. Period. period. I mean, he, he came he in didn't, as a wing. Right. He, he didn't do this in high school, right. so it's. I don't want to compare it to Michael Benajay. He had more experience at the point than Benajay did, but it's it's similar, it's similar in that yeah. this is a brand new role. He has the keys to the team for the first time in his career. He's eight games into that, and seven of them he's played well. He had he had one right. game where he didn't play well. Oh, absolutely. And and look, you would have to hope that his bad game, you know, in the future is is better than this, right? I mean, this was this was an awful awful performance. You would hope that a a bad night is is a little bit better than what he gave you uh last night at the garden. Uh but look, it's not only that it's going to be him. Uh it it has to be, right? Like it, there is no other answer. It has to be Frank Howard. Uh, They clearly don't trust Howard Washington enough to play right now. He played one minute last night. I mean, you you think that if they had anybody else that they trusted to play last night, they would have played more than one minute given what Frank Howard was doing? So it it has to be Frank Howard to get this job to get this done because they simply don't have anybody else, you know, to play point guard right now. Scott brought up uh, before the break uh, O'Shea Brissett. And yeah. he and we didn't get to that before the break, but his his comparison to Jabari Parker, uh, you like the comparison between Brissett and Parker? Yeah, I did. Uh, the the body types look similar. Um, I I don't know that O'Shea in right now is as maybe explosive. Maybe that's the word as Jabari was when he was in college. And I know he's now down two ACL surgeries, but uh, you know maybe maybe Jabari was a little more explosive in college. Neither were great shoot like. I don't think Jabari Parker was a like a, a lights out shooter in his college year at Duke. Um, I, I like the comparison. I, I thought it was pretty solid. And look, if he turns out to be Jabari Parker, how great of a how great of an asset is that for for your team next year or the year after? I'll be honest with you, Seth. I without having seen him play in Canada and whatnot, I had envisioned before the season started, based on what I had heard and the, the guys from Bayheim's Army talking about him and, and the little that I had seen in the scrimmage and whatnot, I had envisioned kind of like a Chris McCullough where he's a, a finesse player, he's got a nice offensive game, he's long, he's athletic, he can get to the basket, he can shoot a little bit. I did not expect him, and I know I said this at the top of the show, Jim Beheim said it last night, I did not expect him to be this good on the glass. And that was something that you know McCullough wasn't all that interested in playing defense. McCullough wasn't all that interested in doing the dirty work and, and rebounding. And this kid, it feels like he's just got no ego. He goes out. He just wants to help the team win, however that may be. And, and he's doing it with his scoring. He's doing it with his rebounding. Another double-double last night. 
for yeah. O'Shea Brissett. And, and I think the uh, the better McCullough comparison, and this is one I made last year at the time, uh, Torian Thompson was very much there like Chris go. McCullough. There you go. Right? Like, I thought that, I watched them play, like, the first game I saw Torian Thompson play last year, I was like, that is Chris McCullough. I think that was an apt. 437-7644, phone lines open the entire way. We want to hear from you on SU Basketball. Let's go back to the phone lines. Dean in Liverpool up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Dean. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. How about yourself? Okay. Um, I like the point. I think it's a very valid point from last year with Frank Howard dropping off about this time of year. He was actually even played even better in the beginning of the season last year. And obviously, I don't want to see it because I don't want to see the kid go through you know a collapse like that. But uh, I think Howard Washington is pretty good too. Um, if Geno Thorpe still here, I would really think. Uh, you know, it might have been harder to Frank because there been more pressure on his minutes. But um, he's got to get better at handling the ball like a point guard. And and uh, I think against better competition, he just gets uh, gets flustered and turns the ball over. He was a great passer when he started, when he first started playing with the Orange. Um, I just think he's, dry, again, trying to do too much. And, you know, it's, it's hard to be a scoring point guard, especially when you don't have the experience. So it's not necessarily a knock on him. There's very few people who can who can do that and try to be the second or third scorer and then be a point guard when you don't really have experience at it. But uh, I think with Geno Thorpe gone, it's going to be really, really tough, and I, I wish him the best. But, uh, you know, I, I think Dolje uh, and uh, either Dolje or Moyer are really going to have to step up and, you know, try to give you 10 to 12 points a game. Um, it's not really fair to Howard to really expect him to be pumping in 12 to 14 points a game. It's just... Too much pressure on battle at the top because he's going to have to produce every night. And uh, I think Brissett's capable of doing it. He doesn't seem to be bothered by anything. But it's going to be really tough on Howard. I think we're really going to have to have a, a fourth guy come up consistently so as not to put the pressure on him to get double digits every night. He just needs to concentrate on running the team. That's all i got to say. All right, appreciate you checking in. I, I as as he was talking, as Dean was talking there, uh, Seth, I pulled up uh, Frank Howard from last year. Um and I, I will say this: Did he get off to a good start against Colgate and Holy Cross and Monmouth? And yeah, yes, um, he had one good game against quality competition last year, or one game that I would consider "quote unquote" good, and that was at Pittsburgh. Scored twelve points, had two assists, no turnovers, twenty-five minutes of action. South Carolina, Wisconsin, UConn, Georgetown. Struggling Throughout the ACC, yeah. yeah, and and so that's why again I I look at this as the exception and not the rule. He played well against Maryland. Yes, he got in foul trouble against Kansas, but he played very well in the second half against Kansas. He has played very well over the course of the first seven games of the season. Game number eight did not go well. He made some mistakes. It snowballed. Look, maybe every, maybe he yeah. reverted back to some degree to, to Frank Howard as a sophomore. My point is, is he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. He has been very good. He has had two good games against quality competition this year. This one did not go well. And I understand the concern, and I understand that last year, you know, that's what we saw. When they played against good competition, he struggled. I just, I see him as a different player this year, and, and I think he's going to be just fine. I fully expect him to bounce back. You know, maybe we can't determine that against Colgate because it's not a quote-unquote quality opponent and maybe not even against Georgetown but I, I'm telling you once they get into ACC play he, he's going to have a lot of really good games because he is a different player this year yeah and look everybody gets a clunker right you're, you're not going to play 35 great games you're just not 
Uh, you know, so everybody kind of unless you're gets... Tyus Battle, which that that might be possible, right? Right. But he's but, that good, and I mean, he's no. But I would I would even expect him to have. No, I know. You know I'm, not, I'm joking. Not but as bad. He's a there every night. Yeah, he's, it, Tyus exactly. is there every night, and that's why he's going to the NBA, and and that's why he's your best player. I, I'm I'm joking. Right. I understand. Yes, everybody you know, has an gonna off have night. an off night, and, and so if this is the off night, you take it because you know what, Syracuse still you won, won by game. nine points. Right. You uh, won the game. So if this is the off night for Frank Howard, you take it. The interesting point, and I think that that. Dean made it there. If Gino Thorpe were on this team, you think you would have gotten a couple minutes last night? You of know, course. Like, a, like th- that was my point about Howard Washington. I, I don't think they're there yet with Howard Washington to really trust him and give him the keys for any stretch of time. He got one minute last night. You know, if if Thorpe were on the team still, I think he probably would have gotten a little bo- bit more. Get Frank off the court, especially in that first half uh, where he was just really, really struggling to get anything going. Uh, look, he, again, he he. you hope he can turn it around because he has to turn it around. Like, he, he needs to be the point guard this year. It is not an option like it was last year. And I know the coaches like Howard Washington a lot. I've, I've had several conversations with Jerry McNamara. They like him a lot. They compare him to Tyler Ennis and his basketball IQ, and he's going to be a good player here. Um, but he is not your point guard right now, and he may spell Frank Howard here and there. It, as poorly as Howard played, he had a couple huge plays down the stretch. In particular, I, I look back to where UConn cuts it to seven. There's a little over a minute left. UConn presses, and Howard breaks the press by himself, finds Dolajai for a dunk, and and that's essentially ball game. And again, it would have been tough for UConn to come back from down seven and, and about 90 seconds to go, but Howard makes that play. And if Howard Washington's in there, again, as, as a freshman, you you don't know what to expect out of him. I think he'll he'll be good. He'll be a good player for this this team and this program. But right now, it's Frank Howard. You, you kind of live and die with him. I know the comparisons have been made to Scoop, where you know Scoop would have a couple head-scratching turnovers, but you live with it because he also made good plays, and you knew you could count on him in the clutch, and you knew that he would come up big when it when it mattered most. And, and maybe fans in this town aren't quite there yet with Frank Howard because we haven't seen it game in and game out, but we didn't see it game in and game out from Scoop initially either. There were times when you know you're you're screaming, you know, give up the ball or you know why is he in the game? And 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 Scoop developed into that player by the time he was an upperclassman, and I fully expect. Frank Howard to develop into that player as well. Phone lines remain open. 315-437-7644. We want to hear from you on Q's Basketball. Need to take another time out. Back after this on ESPN Radio. The home of Mets baseball. ESPN 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. There's some things in there. He got his hands on a couple balls, got a couple deflections, a couple rebounds. Kept the thing going on the one rebound, got it to tie us, and we got a bucket off that play. He, he makes those things happen. And, you know, he's a good ball handler against pressure as well. That was Jim Beheim last night talking about Merrick Dolajai. Syracuse with a 72-63 win over UConn. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. And we got one of uh, the answers to your burning question, Seth. What yeah. will happen if Barama Sidibe or Pascal Chuku is out of the game, if it's fouls or injuries? We got a little bit of both last night. Barama out with uh, with injury, tried to play, but bothered by an ankle and a knee. Pascal Chuku had four fouls, and they put... 
Merrick in the middle of the zone, and again, he did some good things. He, he gets on the floor, came up with a big steal late, had a big bucket late on the, the press break that I mentioned. Howard fed him for a dunk, hit a couple of big free throws late. Um, again, the kid finds a way to to make an impact. It's not always flashy with Merrick Dolajai, and, and we talked about this before the season started. You need a guy or two like that who does the dirty work. He does it. Matthew Moyer did it last night, scored as well, but but Moyer getting on the glass with with eight rebounds, providing an emotional lift. Um, so you got the answer. What well, you said? What what we happens did. if if one of the big guys isn't in there? Now we have the answer. It's, yes, it's Merrick Dolzhai. We know it's Merrick Dolzhai. Uh, you know, I I you know whatever situation they've put him in, he's he's done something good, right? Like I I think that he's played really well this year, and and watching him last night. Uh, you know, I think the scoring will come eventually, right? He'll, he'll turn into a better scorer. He'll find his buckets here and there. You know, as the year goes on, as next year, the year after progress, you know, he, he seems like a four-year player. He'll put some more weight on. But I feel like it's it's hard to not get too excited about, uh, you know, what he can and, and probably will be when all is said and done, right? Like, he, the if this is the very baseline of what he's going to do dive after loose balls get crash the glass uh be able to play good defense for you on the wings and in the middle uh you know be able to be a ball handler at 6-10 like if this is the very baseline and then he's going to add an outside shot because his shot doesn't look terrible already but he's going to add an outside shot and add a little more scoring he's going to be a really good player like he's going to be a really good basketball player. I should correct myself. I said it was Dolajai with the dunk on the press break. It was actually Moyer. As I was looking through these, um, Dolajai the, the was notes. the one who brought Dolezhai, the ball up. Correct, though. right? And and he had a big steal late, and he made the free throws. I just I wanted to correct myself that it wasn't Dolajai on the jam. It, it was Moyer on the jam. But he finished with three points. He didn't take a shot from the field. Uh, played sixteen minutes, but always does a little bit of everything. Scores as an assist or two, a steal or two, a block or two. He did all that again last night. Um, and, and again, you go down. From the top of the roster to the to the bottom of the scholarship guys, and if you say is this is this guy performing better or worse than you thought going into the season, I think you're you're putting the check mark in the better column virtually for every guy. Now the one that was I think a little concerning going into last Moyer. night was Matthew Moyer, yeah. and then he had a had a fantastic game. So I think the jury is still out to some degree on Matthew Moyer. I I think. He quite literally had a career night last night. He did. In that his stat line was basically his stat line for his career. Right. Um, and to expect that moving forward, again, that's not realistic. But if you get more of a contribution, instead of two and a half points per game, if you get seven points per game out of Moyer, and instead of three rebounds, about? if you get you know seven rebounds out of him, um, I think it's realistic. And, and yes, you would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Isn't that what we talked about yes. preseason? We said, oh, what if he can give you what the best of Tyler Roberson was? Which, you know, we we remember Tyler Roberson for the 20, 20 rebound game at Duke. We remember Tyler Roberson for that great run through the NCAA tournament when they went to the Final Four. His best year, he went eight points, eight rebounds. Like, it wasn't like he was doing anything incredible. Uh, what if Matthew Moyer can do that? Right? Like, like, what if Matthew Moyer can give you, maybe not even that, seven and seven, six and six? Like, that's probably enough, right? Yes, but sign up for that. Six in a and eight rebounds is, is probably enough. And just like we combine the two centers, and you say, what are you going to get out of the center position between Pascal and Barama, and and put that stat line together and treat it as one guy? I think you can do that with with Merrick and Moyer, and put the stat line together of those two guys and say, what did you get out of that position? To my yeah, they point, don't play much together, right? And, and to my point about you know, if you go from the top of the roster down with the scholarship players, you know, are they better or or worse? Are they outperforming their expectations or underperforming? 
just go down the list. Is Frank Howard outperforming or underperforming expectations? No doubt outperforming. Tyus Battle, again, we knew he was going to be really good. He's been at or as you know, he's been as good or better right. than than we expected him to exa- be. He's doing about what we thought. O'Shea right? Brissett, no doubt, better than I think anybody yeah. anticipated. Pascal Chuku, no doubt, better than anyone anticipated. About, hold on. How about the baseline move last night? Yeah. Did anybody know he could do that? No. I had no idea. It was I, I raised my eyebrow when he did it. I'm sure a lot was, of other people. I was did. sitting with Roosevelt Bowie and, and the two of us were like, whoa. Where'd, where'd that come from? He came up with a with kind of an underrated play last night when he came back into the game with four fouls. It was 60-51, to 51, just under nine minutes to go. He came up with a big block that turned into a four-point swing, if you remember. Yes. Uh, Mamadou Diara was about to lay it in, and Chuku, with the four fouls, contested him at the rim, blocked him, and instead of UConn cutting it to seven, they go down to the other end. Howard gets fouled, made two free throws. It went Instead of seven, it went to 11, and every time you UConn felt like they were right on the verge of fully getting back into the game. Something happened where Syracuse was able to extend the lead, and in that case, it was it was Chuku. I mean, Chuku was the reason why yeah. they were able to extend the lead. Can I nitpick on that play? Okay, uh, I love the block. Love that it turned into a fast break. Uh, you might enjoy, you might like this or, or agree or disagree because you were a point guard. Your big man ran the floor. Howard After took he it blocked, himself. You got to give it to him. Reward let him dunk the big it, right? fell. Right. Like is that is that crazy? Is that too nitpicky? Or like, no, he should have dumped it off to let him throw it no, down. No, but again, I think that goes back to Howard was pressing a little bit, and he was in transition, and he was in attack mode, and yeah, I mean, maybe when he watches, you know, the the quote unquote tape. I know it's not tape anymore. I hate that term. I watch the tape when he watches back the video of that play. He may say, or the coaches may say, you know. Your seven-foot-two center right. blocked a shot and followed you down court. Like, fundamentally, you're always trained to, as the point guard, take it to the middle of the floor and, you know, stop at the free throw, you know, and, you know, bounce pass to the big fella, whatever. Frank was in attack mode. He took it to the basket. I don't have a problem. I mean, he got fouled. He made the free throws. Right. But, yeah, if, the, if yeah. the big fella runs the floor, you know, more often than not, you want to reward him for running the floor. But... Getting back to what I was saying, Chuku, no doubt better than you expected him going into the season. Merrick Dolajai, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Better than you expected. Um, Sidibe, I think, better than than you expected. We still don't know a ton about Howard Washington. Um, and, and the jury is out to some degree on Matthew Moyer. But I don't think there's anyone that's underperforming expectations. I, I mean, so. maybe, maybe you could make the case for that with Moyer right. going into last night. But now that... You and saw if he what follows he could it do. up with dud right. after dud. Yeah, well, right. So the jury's still out on him, and we don't know enough about Howard Washington. But I guess my point is there's a reason that this team is outperforming expectations. It's if because every is. individual guy is outperforming right. expectations. And and as I said, the more I see this team, uh, they are fun to watch. Um and it, they're looking more they're and more gritty. like a team that could could very well go to the NCAA tournament. And I did not think that before the season started. No, they're gritty. They're fun to watch. They're entertaining. They they'll make you pull your hair out at times. But ultimately, this is a a fun team to watch. Uh, and like you said, they they certainly look like a tournament team today, right? And and they got that road win. They got that neutral win, which we talked about, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more coming up. But. They, they got that neutral court win in the non-conference, which they didn't have last year. You have another chance in a week and a half against a bad Georgetown team. Take advantage again and go get another road win. 315-437-7644. Keep those phone calls coming. We'll wrap up our number one right after this on ESPN Radio.